0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God has a plan for each and every one of us. He has a destiny for us. Our blessed Lord Himself tells us that there is a kingdom prepared for us before the foundation of the world. And our Lord, likewise speaking to his apostles on the night uh, he was betrayed, said to them that do not let your hearts be troubled. I trust in God and trust in me. There are many rooms in my father's mansion and I'm going to prepare a place for you. So each and every one of us is here as a deliberate creative act of God. God wants us to be here and what is more important, He has created a place for us. What He will not do is force us into that place, but He will invite us, He will encourage us, He will forgive us. He will do everything possible so that we do arrive at the destiny that God intended for us before the foundation of the world. And he has gone to extraordinary lengths to do this, even taking human nature to himself. God became man. And Christ began his work of redemption by working signs. And the first of these, of course, was that of the miracle of Cana, the wedding feast. After this, he began a mission of preaching and teaching preaching essentially to unbelievers, teaching to the disciples, those who do believe. So the preaching and teaching go together, one being built on the other. And when the doctrine became strange or difficult to grasp, when the teaching was not easily understood, he worked a sign, a miracle, to confirm it and you see the connection now between the teaching and the miracles he didn't work miracles at random never but always to confirm the doctrine that he taught did he leave did he keep this power to himself far from it he emptied himself leaving behind his glory he came into our world and was one like us In everything except sin. He knew that his time among us would be limited. At least, his physical presence among us would be limited. And for this reason, he left the church. And so here in today's gospel, we see the beginning of that church. He called to him the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits because our problem began with the unclean spirit that entered paradise and so he's going to remedy this he calls the disciples two by two because after all charity requires at least two what is the greatest commandment love god and the second like it love neighbor we need someone else and also we also need support. After all, the, the, the wise man Solomon said that with two, there is security. And so, he sends them out in pairs, one as a witness to the other, one as an encouragement to the other, and with power of unclean spirits, and all that the enemy can rally against us. And so, Christ gave his disciples, the power, as we heard at the end of the Gospel, to heal sickness and disease, to cure lepers, to cast out spirits, and so on. Exactly the power that he had, except he did it by his own authority, they would do it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk, said Peter. But what does he tell them? to do as well. He he charged them, he told them to take nothing for the journey except the staff, a sign of authority, and to take no bread, no bag, no money in their belts. Because those who preach the gospel should be entirely focused on the gospel message. They should have no concern about bodily needs or worldly concerns and so no bread means that they are totally dependent on God for their daily sustenance. And don't forget this applies not just to those who have been commissioned to preach the gospel, but all of us, because by our baptism we have been commissioned, by confirmation we have been sent. So all of us likewise must preach the gospel with this same disposition not being concerned about even bread because God in his goodness will provide. When we say, give us our daily bread, shouldn't we truly mean it and trust God that he will do it? Equally, he says, take no bag. Well, what is a bag? We put in bags things we collect along the way as an insurance against future uncertainties. But the Lord said, no, not like that. Depend on God's providence. Are you not worth hundreds of sparrows? So we also, in our ordinary lives, need to depend on God's providence. It doesn't mean that we are imprudent. We do the things that are necessary, that common sense dictates. But when these go awry, and they do, let us not be upset or disturbed, but rather depend on God's providence. You are dear children of His. He is your father. He has concern for you. It is never His will that any be lost. No money in their belts. Likewise, when we start to collect money as a safeguard against future uncertainties, we become less and less dependent on God. We read the rather tragic story only this week of billionaires who are so utterly miserable despite they have wealth we cannot even begin to imagine yet their life is empty because only God can truly fill our souls and give us that peace and joy and love that we all desire after all is not what we want in life to love and to be loved beyond that well it's just an extra but to be loved and to love is the essence of life. To wear sandals and not put on two tunics. Well, the sandals, again, the scriptures tell us, blessings on the feet that bring good news. So the sandals are covered underneath, but exposed on top. The gospel message was never be hidden. That's what the sandals symbolize by being uncovered on top. We should not hide our Christianity. We should not hide or be ashamed of our Catholicism. And being and having a soul, it reminds us that we should be detached from earthly things. He said to them, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave the place. Because again, we shouldn't be looking for creature comforts. But being content with God, what God has provided. If they will not receive you, then depart, because after all, and we we see in this increasingly day by day, the Christian message is no longer welcomed. We are being looked increasingly as enemies of freedom, whereas in fact we are promoters of freedom, true freedom, the freedom that Christ gives the freedom from sin, the freedom to be children of God, not licentious and enslaved. The Lord himself tells us, he who commits sin is a slave of sin, but he has come to make us free. And if the Son of Man makes us free, we will be free indeed. And so the apostles went out and they preached that men should repent. Is that good news today? to say we should be sorry for our sins. But this is the good news, that if we repent, we will in fact be truly children of our Father in heaven. And what do the apostles do when they preach this? They cast out many demons. And today our world is infested with demons. The demons of alcohol, of drugs, of pornography, of licentiousness, of fornication, of adultery, and so on. All of these can be cast out if we, each and every one of us, embrace the apostolic message and go out in pairs to witness to the gospel that gives life. And they anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. They worked these signs because they had the authority of Christ by which to do it and his power and his grace. We likewise have been anointed in our baptism and in our confirmation. We also are apostles. We have been sent. May the good Lord bless us individually and collectively. May our words strike home to those who are destined for salvation. And may we, like the apostles, cast out the many demons who infest our world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.